Welcome to Finance with Factor, a place you can come to laugh and learn from local experts about everything related to the world of real estate. Each week we cover a unique topic to help you understand the mortgage industry, navigate the home buying process, and grow your business while maintaining a slice of sanity. Now that he has climbed safely atop his soapbox, here is your host, a senior loan officer with Mortgage Network, Jason Factor. Hello and welcome to another episode of Finance with Factor. Happy New Year. Thank you for joining me. I sincerely appreciate people that tune in. If you are tripping on this podcast for the first time, welcome aboard. Uh, today, I want to talk a little bit about the home buying team. If you remember from way back in your childhood, or at least my childhood, there was a show, Captain Planet, and I always say when our powers combine, we are, and in this case, a home buying team. It's super anticlimactic. It's hardly saving the world. Um, in fact, it's not even death-defying heroics. But there are three key heroes whenever we talk about uh, a real estate transaction, particularly the first two, your realtor and your lender. And then there's also your attorney or your title company, depending on which state you're in. But making sure that those three captains of the ship are all on the same page and in communication is vitally important. Today, I'm very happy to be joined by a realtor partner whom I've grown very close with over the past couple of years and who has just been killing it out there, to be honest with you, and, and bringing in a ton of business. And he's been doing a great job in coaching up a lot of first-time home buyers on how the process really works. And so I wanted to pick his brain today on why building out his team has been so important for him and where those lines of communication go so that we can walk through this process, whether you're a first-time home buyer, an experienced homeowner, or frankly, if you're a realtor, lender, or attorney out there, and you want to see how I think someone who does it well has these conversations, um, Amin, welcome to the podcast. Jason, thank you for you know inviting me to your podcast. My name is Bamin. Uh, I'm a realtor from Better Living Real Estate, originally a pharmacist who eventually transitioned to full-time real estate because real estate was that much interesting than a little bit of pharmacy <laughs> um, and when i say not life and death like his actually was and, <laughs> and in some and cases I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll counter your uh your your thought on we are not heroes i would say that we are also heroes as well as we, nah, build, emotions. we build emotions for the families and you know they absolutely love us because because you know what we do we we try to be transparent and we go bow and beyond for them and I guess that's much more important in real estate world. Hey, I mean, to be honest, I don't know my pharmacist name, but I know my lender and my realtor and my attorney, and I stay in touch with them. I've been invited right. to weddings, baby showers, housewarming parties. I've never invited my pharmacist out for a drink once. <laughs> well, well, with that said, let's get off to the dynamic duo and life-saving work of Real Estate 101. So the process of buying a home, it often starts for most people with the realtor, right? Like that's where your first point of contact and conversation is. Whether that's because you found a place online and you walked into the open house and the realtor who happened to be standing there realizes that you're not represented and so they leech onto you and decide that they're gonna represent you. Or in some cases, particularly in this crazy busy market that we've seen over the last few years, you get people that are like, oh, I know, 
I'm going to go with the listing agent because that gives me an advantage when I put in my offer, which is a total fallacy. Um, My question for you, Bauman, is as you get started, you meet a new client. I'd imagine sometimes they come to you with a pre-approval in hand, whether that's just some quick mortgage math they did online through a big box store that they bank at or online with a generic retailer or brokerage. Um, or maybe it's a referral from a friend. How do your conversations start to probe into whether or not they are pre-approved? And if they are or they aren't, how do those conversations turn in the choose your own adventure book of real estate? No, 100%. Uh, so anytime I meet a first time home buyer, my, my first question to them is, are they pre-approved? And uh, some of them know and some of them don't. Uh, as, as you shared that some of them do and some of them don't. And my goal over for meeting them for the first time is education, simply education, no sales, no transactions. My goal is only simple, is just to inform them that what is home buying process uh, and what are the steps? So generally first thing I do is I walk, walk them through the entire process of home buying. Most people do not know how long uh, does this process last Uh, But usually I tell them that from the day their offer gets accepted, it's a 45 day process generally. Uh, And that's how I start. And then I dive in from the first step, which is pre-approval. And if they are Mm pre-approved, I stress the fact that is, do you like, do you know, and do you trust? So know, like, and trust your mortgage officer. Because I absolutely believe that a good mortgage officer uh, in this competitive market, mm-hmm. and which uh, will help you get a home that you look for, especially when there are 20 offers on the table. Yep. Uh, when you're placing an offer on a home and there are 20 offers on it, not only your realtor, but your mortgage officer is equally important uh, to help you get that home. Because if you place an offer and then your mortgage offer backs you up by a phone call to that uh, realtor, uh, that listing agent that is, who is listing agent is, for those of you who don't know, is somebody who's selling uh, a, a seller's agent who is representing a seller. So uh, when you're placing an offer to that listing agent uh, or that specific home, that mortgage officer will back you up by making the phone call. So yes, I do go through the pre-approval process uh, or why it is important to get a good mortgage officer. So what are the advantages to you? So specifically, why do you like having a loan officer whom you're familiar with or that you know, or at least a, 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 a bank or a lender that you're familiar with or know, right? Whether it's the actual person on the other end, you know, there are plenty of good loan officers out there. But why does having a local lender that you know and trust add value to you on your real estate team as sort of the person that drives? The front end of the transaction. Um, this, well, a mortgage officer for me is an absolutely crucial, and I would speak about you a little bit here. Uh, no, and, this is not a Jason Factor commercial, but uh, this, is, <laughs> like, this is not a Jason Factor commercial. I know for sure, or someone like you is important. I would say in a team home buying process. The reason why I say that is I've worked with many mortgage officers before, and uh, what has happened that. Uh, most mortgage, a lot of mortgage officers, not all, but a lot of mortgage officers tend to just give you pre-approval and not explain you the entire finances behind it. How, mm-hmm. how are they determining the pre-approval? 
what, like, you know, how are they determining it for the home buyers? That is, um, how are they getting this, you know, number of 500,000, 700,000? This is not being explained to the buyer. So the buyer basically is jumping inside uh, uh, a game without knowing what is their, the you know, yeah, where, yeah, basically, where are they getting these numbers from? Uh, yeah. So number one is education piece of it. How am I? How much I'm pre-approved for, and where did I get this number from? Second thing is uh, a, a, the education piece of it, which is uh, a coverage gap uh, when you're placing an offer and uh, the mortgage officer is in in this competitive market. Knowing the coverage gap is also very important, and I'm we will get into that specific piece of this. A little bit later, but most most people do not know about this. So uh, a good mortgage officer will be able to explain to the clients, uh, especially uh, in their one-on-one -on -one meeting uh, for, for for the first time when they're getting pre-approved, what this thing, what what is this thing called coverage gap? Yeah. Uh, so that's number two. So how are they getting the numbers? Uh, the education piece of coverage gap. And also the last but not least, which is following up when you're placing an offer. So let's say if I place an offer for a client, then a good mortgage officer will, will call that listing agent on the other end and let them know that, hey, look, these guys are credit worthy and I absolutely can get their work done. Because a lot of times listing agents are scared to move, move forward with somebody who's doing only 10% down or 5% down. And if your client is only doing 5 or 10%, uh, then how do you make them stand out? So having a good mortgage officer is absolutely important who can call the other listing agent and say that, look, this, this, this uh, transaction I can absolutely handle and get the work done for you. So, so there's sort I'm of talking. like two advantages that you're talking about here. And I think that they play into... The entire team, right? Yes. So there's education and communication, and those yes. being the two key pillars that hold up the team. The team being the realtor, the lender, and again, your attorney or um, title company. And there's sort of three phases at which point any one of us will be the captain of the conversation. So on the front end, you know, as a realtor, Bauman is sort of leading that transaction, right? He he or she, whoever the realtor is, is the first to come in contact most of the time with the client. Even if they are referred to you by a lender or by an attorney, you're going to run that first part of the process, which is finding a house, right? So you get pre-approved, you've gone through the math, you've, you've received all the education, now you're out shopping. What is the advantage during that part of the process of having a teammate in a lender for you? Uh, well yeah, so yes, uh, the, the reason why that's important uh, for me is, uh, and, and for my client, who is the buyer, because of at course, the end of the day, he, that's what he, it is. He, we're all there for them. <laughs> they're, yes, they're the president, yes. commander, royal, whatever of this ship. Right. So, so at, at times, you know, they may be approved for, let's say, half a million. And all of a sudden, you're looking at 525 home, which is 25,000, a little bit more than what mm -hmm. it, what, you know, they were shopping for. Are they uh, qualified with their finance to buy a 525 home? Only one person can answer that, your mortgage officer. Without that, that cannot, you know, we cannot move forward. I cannot go with $500,000 pre-approval to buy a 525K home. Nobody will hand it to you. So, and, the, and the key part of all of that is that when you are pre-approved, the biggest fallacy in home buying is that when you're pre-approved, you're pre-approved for a, a purchase price. Yes. What you're pre-approved for is a monthly payment. So yes. Bauman gets a pre-approval letter saying 500,000. 
But the reality is how are we adding up to that can vary based on the type of property, the home, the, um, the town that it's in, what the tax rates are, what the insurance on that place looks like, you know, is there a pool, is there a detached garage? All of those numbers can shift what the actual buying power is, what the interest rate is on a given timeline, um, what our timeline is to close. And so for us to be able to uh, work with the realtor upfront, I'll tell you my biggest pet peeve as a lender is when an offer goes in and I didn't know it was going in. Some, some, some lenders might not care about that, right? But like for me, that to me is a disservice to my client because I haven't had a chance to run the numbers with them. So when Bauman shows a place, the first thing that I'm going to do is he says, hey, I took this client out to CX, Y, and Z. They really like it. It's worth, you know, it's listed at 525. I think we can get it for 500. Cool. Let's run the numbers from 500 to 525. Show the client what that looks like. Bauman, then you can present those figures, say, hey, this is within your budget. Let's walk through this together. To me, that teamwork is essential in that first part of the process. Am I capturing that correctly? No, I absolutely agree with you. That that piece of it is very, very important because uh, number one, realtors do not have financials of, most realtors do not have financials of, uh, of their clients unless they are family members. So it is absolutely important that, you know, you have a mortgage office, officer on the team like you uh, who could, you know, run the financials for them for every single offer that we are putting in. And then how, tell me a little bit about, you know, certainly there are times when we've done that. I'm sure there are thousands of times when you haven't, right? With other clients, whether they're mine or not. What's the difference for you in your perception of the client experience? And where are the frustration points for you as the realtor when you don't have that strong um first bridge of the transaction prior this, to putting in the offer. And this has happened multiple times with me. Um, a, lot of, a lot of realtors do not work with clients that are not pre-approved. They would not work with them. I do not do that because that's putting additional burden. I would say all pressure on the clients on day one when you're meeting them saying that I will not work with you if you're not pre-approved. Uh, it's definitely a smart approach, but I don't do that because I let them experience it. I tell them about the horrors, but I don't put a pressure on them. Uh, so I usually refer out a mortgage officer on day one with all the, all the first-time home buyers that are, uh, that are not pre-approved. So I usually do that, but then I don't put a pressure on them saying that, have you done your job? Have you done your job? Have you done your job? Because most buyers, first-time home buyers are excited to buy a home. They're not, they're, they're not, they don't, they don't want to, you know, be told that they can't afford a home. So, so usually they are very excited. Uh, oh, thanks. So just leave me to be the bearer of bad news. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so usually, you know, uh, we will, I will still go and see homes with them uh, at least for first five times or three times to make them feel comfortable that, Hey, look, I'm not here to push a sale. I'm here to educate. Yeah. So, and I, I remind them that, Hey, have you had a chance to speak to your mortgage officer? You, it's absolutely important that if you get pre-approved, then, I'm oh, sorry, if you like a home, then it is, you know, it is absolutely important for we do have us to have a pre-approval letter, which we are going to submit with the offer. Otherwise, nobody will take us seriously. And I'd um, imagine there are times when that answer is, oh, I have a pre-approval, but I don't 
know who I call or oh, yes, I don't yes. know what that process looks like to get this updated or to run the numbers on a Saturday evening or whatever it is, right? Yeah. So what are the specific frustrations that you bump into when that part of the conversation comes up or that happens? So I, I usually think from client's point of view or the buyer's point of view, and I, I let them know that, hey, look, if you have gotten a pre-approval six months ago or from X, Y, and Z that they don't know of, like walking into a, a regular bank or uh, you know local bank and they just got their pre-approval, I tell them that, hey, look, you, know, uh, you, are, you don't have a one-point contact at that time. Uh, you mm-hmm. don't have somebody who will shop around with 50 different banks because then rates are important to most clients. In, initially, they are not. But at the end of the day, when they start going through the transaction, they're like, oh, my God, my rate is this much. Right. So having a mortgage officer, you know, like and trust is important because uh, otherwise, you know, what happens is when you're placing an offer then uh, and you're going with a local bank or somebody you don't know, like and trust, then what happens is when you're placing an offer, that mortgage officer is not going to make that phone call saying that, hey, my cl- uh, look, my client is exceptional please accept their offer. And, and that's, that, that's, you know, to the part of the today's topic, the dynamic duo, like this first part of the process, at least when the process works well, there's a ton of communication before you've even put in your offer. We're not going to get to accepted offer today. Like my goal today in this conversation is just to walk through these initial stages of I've talked to a realtor. I found a place I like. I'm pre-approved. And then what are the communication processes and what should they look like, right? So, so far, Bauman has met a new client. He's introduced them to a realtor or he's introduced them to a loan officer. They've gone through their numbers. They got pre-approved. They've submitted all their stuff. Now they're out shopping. They found a place they like. And so far, we've run some numbers. Now it's time to put in the offer. What are some of the things and conversations that you're having as you're crafting the offer And how is, in an ideal process, the loan officer involved in that conversation? So a couple of things, how much they are putting down is crucial, right? Uh, Either they're doing 5% down, 10% down, 15 or 20% down. And this is solely determined by uh, a mortgage officer. So here is a frustration is you're about to place an offer on a home and the mortgage off, sorry, the, the, the client is not sure now how much they want to do down. Before mm-hmm. they said they, they have 20% down, but now they're not sure just because the house is a little bit more or less mm-hmm. uh, or something changed. So, or it needs work or whatever it is, right? And 100%. so how we structure the financing, you know, again, when the process works well and you have a teammate in the conversation, the realtor and the lender are working together to say, hey, here are some options, right? Yes, exactly. And sometimes uh, doing a 10% down is not a bad option for a client, you know, uh, mm-hmm. rather than 20 or 15. So uh, as you're about to place an offer, uh, having that quick discussion with your mortgage officer is super important. If, uh, if, you do not, if you're not pre-approved or uh, you don't know that mortgage officer too well, then you will not get those options. Or as a matter of fact, you will not be able to even place an offer. So I guess that duo is super, or not, I guess, I know that that duo is super important and they are, and you know, they're not there, like a mortgage officer is not there to take your money. They are there to support you so that you can get the best loan. Can you share an example of 
when that conversation went well and maybe surpassed your client's expectations. And then maybe we can get into a horror story of where a client wasn't able to have that conversation and something that happened. But, uh, you know, what's an example of one that works well? So the one one that would have that that has worked well is uh, I had referred out a, a client on a day one and stressed the importance of a mortgage officer on on, on the team and I had referred out the client to uh, a mortgage officer I know like and trust I'll not mention his name over here uh, since it's it's I'm blushing yeah. <laughs> no I'm just kidding so yeah so and and my mortgage officer basically had gone through the numbers with my clients which is and I told them that hey look you could you could do 15 or 10 and based on the home that we look for or you know we, we pick out uh we should be able to win that bid so during the bidding process I had all the numbers ready the pre-approval ready and my mortgage officer ready so as as, as I was competing against 20 offers I was able to win that bid Simple reason is my mortgage officer made the phone call right after I was done. Uh, having obviously best offer is very important. Uh, you know, besides best offer, your mortgage officer also needs to call and let them know that, hey, look, out of 20 offer offers that you've gotten, this will send out because X, Y, and Z, they are fully, you know, they are fully capable of buying the home that you're looking for. So, mm-hmm. so and that's, so and that up. is something that like, I, I do try to make sure you know, as we fast forward the process to the point we've actually pushed send, um, you know, again, making the offer stand out and having a teammate, having a, from my perspective, having a teammate that copies me on that offer is really important, right? Like there, again, there are a number of realtors that I work with where I'm finding out, hey, we got an accepted offer and it's been three days since that accepted offer went through. And that's always a frustration because now I don't know the timelines. Like, I, I don't know if it's a condo or a single family. I don't know if it's, um, if it is a condo, is it warrantable? Is it non-warrantable? And now some of the things that I've quoted might not be relevant. And those are things that often a realtor isn't looking into. And yes. it just gets the whole process started off on a, you're already working from behind. Um, and the client's already upset because, the terms, the numbers, the timelines, the conversations are already changing. Um, and that's always going to cause unease from the very first part of the conversation. So from my perspective as a, as a lender, having a realtor as a teammate is incredibly important. Someone who is including me in those conversations up front and is copying me on that offer so that I know the terms and then I can, right? Like I, Bauman's a listing agent. I call Bauman. I say, Bauman, I wanted to follow up on Susan's offer that she just submitted on behalf of her clients, you know, Jake and Courtney. And here's all the great things about Jake and Courtney that go to this. Yes, we've reviewed the timeline. Of course, we can close in in 35 days. Yeah, no, we've gone through the numbers. Here's why they're putting 15% down because we ran 20% down options, but the 15% down option monthly payment was only $100 more. Why not save the 5%? Um, you know, they want to do the kitchen and maybe the bathroom over. So having that extra money in hand makes sense. Now, Bauman, as a realtor, as the, the listing agent, you have all this context, all this information. If you have two offers that are kind of similar, 
it's pretty easy to make a decision on which one I'm going to weigh, weigh in on a little harder when I present to my client, correct? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, this is where multiple offers come in play and where your mortgage officer is standing because when you're tied, how do you get an edge? So when you have a great mortgage officer, they'll make a phone call. And realtor, it's a team. It's a dynamic duo. And that's, I mean, to me, that's really the message that I'm pulling out of all of this is yes. it's about the communication level up front. And as a home buyer, as a realtor, as a lender, it's building that, that team and so that the communication lines are open so that everyone involved has an experience that puts your best offer forward. And, and uh, as you had shared earlier, the horror stories are many as well, because there are, there are a lot of times where you have clients who, who, you, who, who actually I would say to get pre-approved or at least work with somebody who you know, like, and trust, and that doesn't happen. And you end up, this is generally if a new house in today's market, when a new house comes on market, the open house is on generally on Saturday and Sunday. And, uh, and the offers are due Monday afternoon at 12 p.m. or 5 p.m. And at Sunday night or sometimes Sunday night as well when the offers are due. So sometimes what happens is when they don't have their pre-approval handy or it's we're not working with somebody who we don't like, we, we know, like, and trust, then what happens is uh, you do not have enough time to place an offer and review the numbers with the client. As, as a mortgage officer, let's say if they want a mortgage officer, I would refer them at that time. And now we are running into a time crunch. Yeah, which means, which means you're not getting the full, it's the shotgun marriage as opposed to a nice long dating process and getting to know yes. each other. So again, it's about building comfort for your client. If you're a realtor out there and, it, and you're, or if you're in Bauman's case, you know, it, it sounds like what it is for you is it's about building enough comfort for your client so that they feel comfortable and confident when that time comes to push that button. I know you and I have run into it where there's a lot of anxiety and they don't end up pushing send because they right. haven't had the time to run through the full conversation and digest everything. I totally agree. And, and this has happened multiple times as, as our duo itself, you know, and we have ran across clients who, who absolutely are trying to get pre-approved on the day off where the offers are due, uh, despite the fact that they're very well to do. So it's nothing to do with, uh, you know, their finances, but just crunching at the last moment, you know, they get anxiety. So I usually mm -hmm. tell my clients that it is important for you to work with a great mortgage officer, a great realtor who can bring you the entire team, which we'll, you know, we'll get into maybe next episode about our, our lawyers and, you know, the entire home buying process and how it is important for us to, you know, to have everything in lined up. No. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, again, there are three buckets of the conversation and who captains the ship at any given time really depends on where we are in the transaction. You know, in past episodes, we've spoken with title attorneys, we've spoken with um, real estate attorneys and title companies about that part of the process and some of the spookies that can come out when reviewing yep. title. And again, having a teammate on that back end. So you've got the upfront where your realtor is driving, you have the sandwich in the middle where you're actually getting approved, where your lender tends to drive the conversation. And then on the back end, your attorney or title company is closing the actual loan. They're the ones that are actually there, you know, handling all the money and dealing with the title and recording everything. 
And so again, having those three components and all the people that fall in under them, whether it's an appraiser, an inspector, a title, insur uh, a title insurance company, and a title inspector, all those people that come at you throughout the home buying process as a, as a buyer, having strong leaders and communicators throughout the process to keep you updated in a way that doesn't feel overwhelming becomes really important. And I know for me, that all starts with the, the realtor. Yes, for sure, 100%. And that's, that's all it is. So that's why it's important for realtors to introduce, uh, introduce to the clients earlier in the game what the entire process is like and what teammates are necessary to drive this uh, game to the victory. You know, so. And why you don't want to be pulling trades at the deadline <laughs> to, <laughs> to switch out one of those teammates. Because sometimes that will also cause a degree of stress for everyone involved, right? Like the yes. goal, again, is to, to build your team early in the process, build out those communication lines, and, and keep that process moving in a way that you feel comfortable and confident you're going to get to closing and that you feel good as a buyer. And yes. again, I can't stress it enough. Even as the realtor or even as the lender, when I refer a client, that conversation all goes through the realtor up front and how they drive that first part of the transaction, first part of the conversation is so important. And so just handing out a list and saying, hey, here are three people, do your due diligence uh, can be really hard on the client. And that's when they tend to shop it halfway through. Before we wrap up, Bauman, I'd be curious what your actual conversation looks like when you do refer a client how do you actually have that conversation with a client and say, do you hand them that list and say, here are three people? Or are you often saying, hey, here's someone that, I, you know, here's a list of people. Here's the person I think you should speak with because of X, Y, and Z. And, and how are you sort of like building out your team, right? There are plenty of lenders, plenty of realtors, plenty of attorneys that all team together. But how do you drive that conversation? So usually I, I do give them a list. Uh, I do give them a, a list of three uh, attorneys, three mortgage officers, because by law I have to, or by by books I have to at least introduce them to couple. But then I also point out which one is my favorite, and why is it my favorite. Uh, and and when I use the word favorite, I'm talking about no like and trust. Those are very important word. No like and trust because. If you know them, if you like them, and if you trust them, then you should be working with them. And that's where I, I drive a specific mortgage officer and a specific uh, attorney uh, to the clients. And uh, I let them know that these guys are the people who would go above and beyond for you. So if you're going to shop around, do it. But it is basically going from a gas station to gas station. For 10 cents, you're going to miss out on a uh, on a, on a great a real estate, you know, uh, a mortgage officer or an attorney. So as far as, you know, the deal and potentially up, and potentially jeopardize those lines of communication that we were, that we've been discussing in terms of yes. how that process yeah. flows. If you're always in communication with three or four people and it hasn't crystallized for you that this is it's, the team I want to build, it just complicates your experience as a home buyer. And I also let them know that, Hey, look, here, I'm not benefiting anything from this. I, I do mm -hmm. not get any kickbacks. 
there are no kickbacks. Those are highly illegal. I don't do any of those. I promise. Yes. Yeah, so, so we, <laughs> I, I tell them again and again, all these clients, that we don't, we don't get kickbacks. It is just that we know that these professionals stand out, and the stand out, the reason why they stand out is because of the the communication they do with the clients, the education piece, and ability to answer phone call twenty four seven as if you're answering for family. So, uh, so that's just it. So those guys stand out for me, and I. I'm happy to say that you know I'm, I'm 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 that you're part of our my team and you know thank you for helping me always you know whenever I need it at least. Well, it's my pleasure. I I really do value the way that you run the front end of that transaction. Um, I think that you do an excellent job as well of having some of those hard conversations up front and setting the right expectations for hey this is how the communication process should flow and if you're not experiencing that then build a team around you where you can. Um, Bauman, what are some ways that people can get in touch with you? I know you're active on a few social media sites. Um, if someone does want to follow up with you, whether you're a client or a realtor and you just want to pick his brain um, or you're a loan officer and you want to try to become his favorite new person, how do they get in touch with you? <laughs> it is very simple. Uh, you can call me anytime you want to. I will give out my phone number uh, 508-345-3908. You could Instagram me, Instagram Bauman. Uh, B-H-A-M-I-N um, and yeah and or email me uh, which is provided on my Instagram and or I Facebook. will be sure to tag you on all of this when it goes live um, but I, I really appreciate you making time to swing by Finances Factor and be part of the podcast um, and I look forward to working with you a lot in the coming year thank hopefully everyone will stay busy all right sound great thank you so much for your time and thank you for what you do for everyone which is the clients to be to be precise with. So thank you. My pleasure. I'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode of Finance with Factor. Please remember to like, rate, share, and subscribe. Then if you really like us, unsubscribe and resubscribe again. Of course, that can be our secret, but it helps our ratings. Have an idea for an upcoming topic you want us to cover? Post a comment. For the full video version of this episode or any of our previous episodes, please find, like, and follow Jason on YouTube or Facebook at Jason Factor Mortgage Network and on Instagram at Finance with Factor. All content on Finance with Factor is self-published by Jason Factor, Senior Loan Officer, NMLS, number 1401985. All rates, guidelines and advice discussed on this episode is subject to change. For a full list of disclosures, visit the License and Disclosure page at jasonfactor.com.